0: What you done with all those tins of cling peaches? What you done with them? Silent era time travel, suspended animation soviet style and a rolling stone going bananas all on this 28th midnight video with your host Phil Walsh
1: and me Jim Hall. Tonight, an eccentric inventor fears the world will end a century into his future and four years into our past, we hitch a ride with Dr. Plonk.
0: Volunteers in a deep freeze experiment wake up in 2044 to find women wearing the pants in Polish sci-fi satire, Sex Mission.
1: And our British rock stars at the movies season continues as Mick Jagger hits the skids along with Dennis Hopper and the drug nipples of Ray Dawn Chong in Running Out of Luck.
0: Just like to apologise now <laughs> to your friend Lyndon and Cam. Well, I've already applied um, apologise to Lyndon. On this is uh, a very Facebook. niche
1: podcast. It's only going out <laughs> to two people.
0: But yeah, I was a little worse for wear after the uh, midnight video meetup last week.
1: Yes, a big hello to everybody who joined us down the pub last Saturday. Well, we had a great time. The good times were rolling. The beers were flowing, and flowing a little too easily for some people. They were indeed.
0: Yeah. I was just excited. I got caught up in it all. You it was a mixture
1: <laughs> of adrenaline and, what was it called? Uh, uh, Old Brewery. Old Brewery you were on, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it will be. was so great to see you all, and we'll be doing another one in probably a month or two. Yeah, maybe early March. Early time, March, yeah. yes, when I'm back from my uh, horrendous trip to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> horrendous. I'd, I'd been, I'd I hate travelling in hot weather, so, you know, this, is, this isn't perfect for me. This oh, is all cover for my Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol style <laughs> mission. <laughs> But yeah, you you're back in backing ill health now. Yeah. Or even rude health. Yeah, like rude so health. Yeah, yeah, I was in. This is your Ill first health. beer in
0: a week. It is, yeah, but you know, it's amazing how easily you forget um, <laughs> those those four lost hours. You were
1: so drunk at the end. Do you remember telling us how excited you are about uh, Phantom Menace coming out in 3D?
0: <laughs> that is an absolute lie. <laughs> yeah, you've got you got
1: nothing <laughs> to uh, disprove it.
0: No, you're pulling the wool over my eyes. No way. No way I'll never be excited about that. <laughs>
1: Best known for Bad Boy Bubby, director Rolf de Heer is in more playful mood for 2007's Dr. Plonk, an ersatz silent movie packed with slapstick and whimsy. When an Edwardian scientist foresees the end of the world in 2008, he has trouble convincing the authorities of the threat, thus helped, but usually hindered, by his robust wife, pet dog, and deaf assistant Paulus, the titular Plonk, lashes together a time machine and ping-pongs between his laboratory and a bewildering
0: tomorrow. Some people might know that Bad Boy Bubby, I consider it to be my favourite movie, um, which obviously is always in a state of flux. But the first time I saw it was in New Zealand in two thousand and four, and I was absolutely blown away by it. It stuck with me ever since, and I've watched it on numerous occasions, and I'm always uh, waxing lyrical about it. Yet I've only seen a couple of his uh, other films, and when I found out about this, I thought it would be great to cover it. And what's even better is at the moment. There's uh, a silent film that's causing quite a stare, isn't it? Yeah,
1: there? The Artist, which I believe you went to see last night, or I you're did. planning to anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I did see it.
1: Any cop, because I haven't seen it yet, yeah, I'm going to be watching it on Tuesday night, probably. It's finally oh. arrived at the Peckhamplex. Ah. <laughs> yeah, there are too many Christmas blockbusters. There's a little £4.50 special. Uh, four let's right. not, uh, let's not, you know. Inflation.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Um Yeah, so... Which, did you see the thing Steve posted up saying in Liverpool apparently... Not that we're being anti-scouse, mm. but apparently um, cinemas had to offer refunds for the artists because people were disappointed it was had no soundtrack, no, no dialogue, and was at a reduced ratio.
0: <laughs> no, that's, seriously, that's not yeah, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, no, the things like that happen, don't they? It's like I think when Cloverfield came out, people were having to offer. The uh, cinemas had to start offering refunds some of them because people get motion sickness from the wonky camera
0: because <laughs> <or laughs> there isn't actually a big monster destroying New York. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: um but something that interested me with that just getting tangential already I didn't know Malcolm McDowell
0: was in the artist Yes, yeah. very briefly but Yeah, um, alright, because that was
1: the still they had I thought that looks like
0: Yeah, yeah Malcolm, What's his name? Mick Mick Travis Yes I As thought going <laughs> to Mick I you were Jacket <laughs> No, no, the other Mick um, yeah, yeah, so the was artist was I enjoyed it um, and it's quite interesting to watch two modern takes on mm-hmm. that era back to back pretty much because I only watched Dr Plunk this morning uh, but we're going to talk about Doctor Blanc. Let's do it. I'll just come right out and say I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great fun, uh, very well observed, especially after watching something like we covered La Antenna, which yeah. you really disliked. I hated it. <laughs> but then we did Safety Last with Howard Lloyd, yeah. and this is way much more of that. You know, it's it's not the. Uh, yeah, in fairness
1: to La that wasn't trying to be. Than that silent film. No. It was silent, but it was set in a kind of metropolis kind of mm. thing. Whereas this is actually meant to be set in like 1907. That's right. And has the, all the cosmetic ideas there, you know, the, the aesthetic of the filmmaking then. I think he's done with a hand crank camera. Well,
0: well, they wanted to use original hand crank yeah. cameras, but they couldn't get film for yes. them. So he converted a modern camera into a hand crank camera,
1: apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Dr. Plonk himself would. <laughs> um, I've still not seen Bad Boy Bubby Given it's like such a big film for you, I really should. Uh, in fact, I've made my big list of films I should have got round to watching by now. there's About two hundred of them, just <laughs> from a cursory look around Wikipedia. Um, Bad Boy Bubby which I've like I say, I've not seen, but has this reputation for being really quite unpleasant, or certainly some of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite strong stuff. This, yeah, it's so charming. This isn't it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's very much puts me in mind of Professor Brainstorm. I don't know if you heard those stories when you were a kid, but again, he was the crackpot inventor. Mm. You know, sort of going around on a penny farthing. It's where Heath Robinson did all these drawings oh, of right. strange devices. Mm. But yeah, no, I I watched this a second time this morning. It's it's so entertaining and you just really. I sound like I'm doing blub for a film poster, <laughs> but it's delightful. <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> it? It's it's uh, charming and delightful. Charming and delightful. <laughs> but um, no, that basic setup of it is so great. You know, um, it's. It really captures the feeling of silent films. There's the look of them, but just also all the slapstick in it. I mean, I don't know the cast members of this at all. No, no. And me. looking at it very quickly on Wikipedia, I don't think any of them are hot-linked, except no. for one. I think his wife is kind of a known figure from...
0: Oh, she was... Captain
1: Kim and these guys. Yeah, show. that's right, yeah. But I imagine, I mean, this isn't too much of a leap, I imagine they're all professional circus performers, acrobats, that kind of thing because there's a lot of very physical comedy, isn't there? Yeah, Or Slapstick as we all know it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, such a great setup with Plonk, um, this fairly vain inventor, bald-headed, little pointy beard, glasses, frock coat, top hat, his assistant who looks like an Amish kind of guy, (laughs) doesn't he? Who's deaf, which I guess is a nice conceit for the fact it's a silent movie. But yeah, most of the plot is plonk with this massive list of equations figuring that the world will end in 101 years the lo- the government of the day don't buy this because they don't follow the equations So, <laughs> I love this, it's much easier for him to then invent a time machine <laughs> and go into the future and get the proof and a lot of the enjoyment of this is the kind of trial and error of getting that to work because yeah. he, he seems to be able to rig up a time machine very quickly and it's this wonderful looking device like it's a big bank Robinsons, of Heath Robinson, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's got <laughs> like a lot in common with those brainstorm uh, stories. But the, the machine itself is like this big bank of uh, controls with you know levers and stuff that bounces up and down when it's in motion. Mm. <laughs> and the actual thing to transport is like a packing crate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure, <laughs> mm, I know Doctor Who's a big deal in Australia. I think it was repeated a lot. It's kind of a tea time along with the goodies. It's mm. sort of, um, uh, it was possibly a bit of a reference to that. But yeah, there's a little packing crate that Plonk and whoever can get into and there's a little bell. And yeah, I just that Ramshackle kind of it was very appealing, that kind of Edwardian there's a bit of Jules Verney kind of Yeah. Yeah. H G L element to it. But yeah, the enjoyment was all that trial and error because 'cause you'll go into the future and realise that something's not working, have to go back again
0: immediately and it's it's that long there's a good half an hour process of getting that to work. And it's Yeah well, I was quite surprised at that because I was expecting it knowing the synopsis I was expecting him to get into um, modern times well contemporary times very quickly but mm-hmm. yeah you just had this wonderful build up where he, he Kept going too far back or not far, too far forward or not far enough, yeah,
1: or just landing in the wrong location, yeah, like on
0: rail tracks or in the river. Oh, yeah, because the locator is a globe with like a gloved finger pointing, the point, yeah. <laughs> yes, where he wants to go to.
1: It's wonderful ideas like that, but all sorts of extra stuff. Uh, Paulus's assistant gets the brunt of the comedy here, mm-hmm. and um, he's like woman hungry, isn't he? He's always <laughs> going down the park and trying to leap on women, and or being left with their wacky
0: dog, Tiberius. Um, which is his real dog in real life? All oh, right. He was brought in quite late on, apparently. He, just, he was speaking to Ralpher here and said, uh, "I've got this dog that goes nuts for balls. that like, we should try and <laughs> try and bring him in on the act." And yeah, so it was oh, he a late like addition. a really professionally trained. Just his pet dog. Because a lot
1: of it is this bizarre stuff. When Paulus takes the dog for a walk, but the dog sits in a trolley on wheels <laughs> while Paulus drags it along. Mm. No, that sounds like something a dog wouldn't normally do. No, to, yeah. to sit still for that long certainly for the first because it's a short film it's like 80 80 minutes minutes. the first 50 minutes I think are really enjoyable then we get to the modern era kind of properly and there are some really good things there Um, it's a comedy but there are some startling bits which kind of reminded me of Navigator when you have these people from the past suddenly confronting the modern world Mm -hmm. the film here isn't meant to be profound or anything but it's still quite weird to see Silent style with a hand cranked camera or a version of it, and Plonk appearing on like a, a production line in a factory with robots. It's just something you're not used to seeing that it almost seems anachronistic,
0: yes, yeah,
1: you know. But then there are lovely things as well, like um, in, in Plonk's era, he can just walk into the prime minister's office, anyone <laughs> can, you know. <laughs> well, That's the setup here, whereas here he's constantly getting you know booted out by security. and I think they did have a genuine Australian politician, didn't they, as the prime yes, minister, yeah, then. but yeah. It, if anything it did kind of fizzle out a bit when it got to the modern era because after all that build up they couldn't really do much with it i mean mm. th- the thing to say there i guess is um there's a lot of stuff with plonk being traced by police but they're modern police and that was something i did really love is um these modern police when they're chasing plonk immediately fall into the conventions of silent slapstick which i just thought in itself was a great
0: Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, because they they look they're in the uniform. They're in modern uniform. And, uniforms, and then yeah. all of a sudden, they're doing the whole like linking arms and yeah. doing somersaults, tumbling. Yeah. It's
1: I mean, specifically, great. Plonk, What? When is it the factory? The car yeah. factory. There's a trolley on wheels. He sees a van going with a like a plank strapped to the top. So he sits in the trolley and holds the plank and gets carried along by mm. it. You know, and that kind of seems suited to him. But the police immediately get one of the trolleys themselves <laughs> and kind of put a leg in each and wheel it along with their other legs I just thought that was hilarious yes. <laughs> and then you know there's a sort of sub Harold Lloyd routine I don't mean to demean it that way but it's probably no, a tribute yeah. to it that plonks crawling all over the outside of the building and the police immediately form themselves into ladders and whatever no I thought that was great so the, the one thing that let it down then for me is like, like I say it's a short film but the last five minutes felt like um, so much of the rest of the film had been really great little scenes Almost like an action movie. Yeah. The, the set pieces along the way were great, but then by the end it felt like it had to throw everything in. And those, you know, it's not too bad a thing to say the last five minutes of an 80 minute film were a bit of a drag, I thought. Mm. But yeah, it felt like it didn't
0: really need to go to that length, you know. Yeah, well, jokes, the certain jokes got repeated very yeah. quickly in a short space of time. Yeah. Didn't. Were any, yeah, I, I agree. It sort of fizzled out a little bit with a bit of a whimper, considering it was meant to go out with a bang anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, because I, I really thought. I don't know if it's, it's not really a spoiler. It's just my idea, but. Mm. I thought he was going to be the cause of the end of the world, basically.
1: Yeah, I, there was a lot Because there's a bit when he goes into the modern era and gets bitten by a mosquito or something. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a 12 Monkeys type of thing <laughs> yeah. or something. I mean, actually, that isn't 12 Monkeys, is it? I thought that would have been... He'd, I always thought 12 Monkeys, the twist was going to be he bought the, oh, that he the brought back it. or something. But mm. it was less interesting than that, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That is something else I thought. I mean, coming from a background of science fiction, I oh, know yeah. you do as well. And uh, I, I usually get my heart my hearts in my boots when I hear something's a time travel film because <laughs> I've seen it all before and it usually does the same things. And this didn't. It was just the the joke of how you know um, casually he was travelling backwards and forwards in time. It wasn't trying to do clever things with paradoxes that you've seen, which usually take too long to explain to the audience and then aren't really worth it. You know. No. Where, so this it was just a great slapstick, goofy movie. Yeah, because you had I, that. I loved it. Yeah. There's that
0: great section where he ends up taking the politician from the past into yes. the future, and he's too long he's for too the tall, yeah. for the crate, so they cut holes out of it. And then when they transport it, obviously his feet are left, but it's actually his boots. His boots isn't and it? Spans, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a really nice touch, you know. It's it. Because it's there's a horrible
1: moment when they think his feet have yeah. actually been left behind,
0: but, <laughs> but um, he comes back and he's yeah. just bootless, isn't he? well I I will watch Bad Boy Bubby but
1: yeah I had a quick look at his filmography I didn't really recognise a lot of the other titles there it looks like quite a
0: varied yeah he he does all sorts of stuff I think his one due out this year is a sort of uh, a dark comedy about um, angry neighbours and stuff Mm. Uh, he did a great aboriginal film called Ten Canoes which I've seen which is all um, Aboriginal actors yeah, right. about the history of um, a particular tribe in old, old, old Australia which is really good it's all in like, Aboriginal um, dialects it's, it's fascinating oh. but yeah, he's done all sorts
1: um, actually it's a bit tangential on the silent comedy have you seen Mark Cousins Story of Film is coming out on DVD
0: yes yeah. uh, in April isn't it
1: I don't know but uh, no someone's friends with him on Facebook and it was kind of weird seeing all these links from Mark Cousins getting very excited <laughs> and using the word chocker a lot. I just didn't really figure him. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say a week. It's odd time in the month. No no. it's <laughs> um, quiz time. People yeah. have been waiting to find out what your
1: last quiz. Have they really, though? Oh come on! Don't be just. This- <laughs> I'd say it's after Christmas. No
0: one has got any money. No, not it's that true. they have to pay to enter this. <laughs> uh, right. Well, the answers. That's the important thing, isn't it? So in at number one, I, th- I thought in I'd start. <laughs> in at number one. <laughs> start quite easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh Luke Besson's Leon. Uh, number two, uh, Kill List. Proving very divisive on Twitter and Facebook and elsewhere. Good. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to have a divisive film. It is number three. One of my favourites, Gozu by Takashi Miike. That's exactly what I want to do with little dogs as well. <laughs> <laughs> well after Doctor Plonk. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, yeah. That wasn't. That was bearable. That dog. No. Even the other one dragging a dwarf along in a trolley. Yeah. Which we didn't mention. <laughs> we did now. Uh, number four, classic, extra, brilliant, uh, madcap sci-fi. I, it's my favourite giant action man film starring
1: <laughs> Lou Beal, I think, from Extenders, yeah, and yeah. the Bond girl, Miriam Dalbo, yes, from yeah. uh, man,
0: Living Daylights. She's, yeah, she's quite something. Uh, number five, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, aka Chud. Never seen that. Oh, it's great. Um, oh, I'll lend you that.
1: Good. Yeah, we should have a night because um Oh man, I was meant to watch Retribution in time for this show. <gasps> you didn't no I will I will watch it though okay presently
0: number six hard ticket to Hawaii Andy Sedaris film great fun boobs bullets and broads or is that that's a Frank Miller -er. (laughs) Sin City one goodness gracious (laughs) Uh, number seven this one caught out loads of people I'm amazed even yourself Jim
1: especially me yeah me um, more so than anyone
0: else the bird with the crystal plumage Mm -hmm. You thought it was dressed, to, dressed kill. to kill. Yeah, it does look a lot like ah. I won't say what I thought it looked like because yeah. I know <laughs> that people have not seen Dressed to Kill. So yeah. yeah. Number eight, classic from my childhood, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, number nine, carrying on with the clown theme, there, The Last Circus. Alex de la Iglesia's latest film, which if you haven't seen it, I really recommend. It's absolutely incredible. That is truly madcap in all the right ways. And what's ten. the wrong kind of mad yeah. <laughs> um, are Um these willfully kooky think. films maybe. Howard the Duck. That's the wrong kind of <sighs> mad. Let's, let's draw a veil <laughs> over there. Uh number ten, my squaw <laughs> <laughs> White <laughs> Comanche with the Shat.
1: Yes, William Shat now. I'd never heard of this but yeah.
0: I've got it. Um it's yeah, that that quality of that um that intentionally clip Amusing is pretty much like the whole film is like that. It's Quite, quite quite terrible. It it looks like (laughs) quite something.
1: No, all right. That and Chud will be uh, on my list. Okay, cool. So, who do we have to congratulate?
0: Uh, Andy McCartan, aka Roudock. How mate? Hello and well done. I'll yeah, I'll send you an email because I know you've got one of our tees mate. So I'll everyone's now got one of their (laughs) T-shirts. They have now. The
1: staff at the Blue Posts all (laughs) had one last week.
0: We had to appease them. Yeah, well, some people did after the bar towels ran out. so congratulations Andy yeah well done
1: mate I'll, and I'm um, sure there'll be another quiz before too long
0: yeah well I don't know if I've got time to do one for the next show uh, but if I do it'll be up yeah. on. just keep checking back at the website uh, midnight-video.com uh, because that's what it'll, it'll be, be. <laughs> quite simply
1: there'll be stills from all the films on this week's show as well
0: yeah, we've got the stills from last week. Just went up today, which are quite
1: astonishing. In. Yes, <laughs> Alice in Acid Land, the Stomania and the Island.
0: Yeah. But oh boy,
1: what a selection!
0: They look, they look really good.
1: Yes, it's g- especially as Alice in Acid Land. It saves you the trouble of actually sitting through the whole fifty minutes <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is that uh, you can do it in fifty seconds. You've done a sterling job there. <laughs>
0: By 2044, the M-bomb will have wiped out all men, leaving a world dominated by passionless test-tube women. When Polish snoozernauts Albert and Max wake up from an unexpectedly long nap, they find themselves prodded, debated over, and hunted through this nightmare future like a couple of communist Charlton Hestons.
1: This was recommended to us, I think, wasn't it? Was it Mikael Dias?
0: Mikael or Michael. He never, yeah. He's never going to tell us what it is. No, it's, it's going to a secret. So... Thanks for that, mate. Yeah, um, I'm sorry it took so long to get around to. Hey, it all it all comes through in the
1: end. You own this on DVD. Um, had you seen it previously to this? No, I
0: hadn't. No, I watched it last night for the first time. Wow. Um, it took a few goes to. I didn't even watch it last night. I watched it in the afternoon. I've had a really hectic week at work, and I kept falling asleep because I find with subtitle films it's harder to. You said if especially you're tired. with Polish sex <laughs> comedies. <laughs> it's harder to stay awake because you you can just nod off more easily. I know halfway. what you mean. Yeah. Um, so then I stopped it. Went got up and made a big pot of coffee, and then. um drank that. And
1: then this is a glowing <laughs> recommendation. <Then> and <laughs> so I was wired.
0: I was ready for it. No, I mean it has nothing to do with the film. I was just, was like, just so the, tired. The um, the toiling.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Toiling in the gardens. Um, I had seen this a long time ago. Oh. Uh, you remember when we reviewed Static I said it was on. You don't remember this. but um, mm. I'd previously seen Static on the same series. It was on Channel 4 in about 1989. They did a little run of science fiction films. But they were considerably... Yeah. Usually, more high profile things like Dune uh, 2010.
0: Uh, on the Silver Globe. On the
1: Silver Globe. <laughs> so, this a Polish sex comedy. This was on TV in 1989. Um, but I remember it was trailed extensively throughout the week. Wow. Um, that little clip of the Dr. Strangelove kind of scientist in his wheelchair at the beginning yeah. was on all the time. I think it probably did. I remember a lot of people who wouldn't normally be interested in sci fi watching this. Right. Because, um, yeah, it would have been about 16, 17 at the time. Um, so, weirdly, I remember bits of this quite vividly, even after all that time. So it was, I was, I was very happy to watch it again. Um, and it still remains the highest. Uh, it's one of the most popular. Yeah, it was very Polish lucrative, I think, of all time. And I think critically a big success mm. as well, wasn't it? Um, how did you, fu- after the coffee had settled in? <laughs> yeah. How did you get on with this?
0: Um, I, I enjoyed it. And that wraps it up for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the words. I did enjoy it. I mean, it's very low budget. Um I think uh, probably but it, it's know. Blake Sevenish in some respects stylish-wise. Uh, it does look BBC. Did you sci-fi. recognize the mines?
1: The mines
0: with the mines that they were filmed in? No from On the Silver Globe you know really? the massive orgy um, <laughs> section yes that's the same minds I, I you're getting
1: people it. excited by an orgy <laughs> section there's actually people playing
0: trombones and throwing cakes no the orgy not. on the silver globe oh I everyone, see I'm uh, getting my Polish side <laughs> <cyber laughs> by confused. yeah no it's definitely the same minds but yeah. yeah I did like that um, yeah. that particular section was good yeah. anyway but um, yeah um, the, the the thing I had and I, I know it's a comedy but it's very like bawdy in a sort of carry-on sense, which dates it I
1: mean, the thing to say here oh, All right, on the comedy element, the, uh, the fact that this is two hours long, yeah. it's a bad move comedy really shouldn't be much longer than an hour and a half mm, I think Max it, it keeping people in that kind of state of amusement, it's <laughs> <so laughs> pretty tricky at the best of times I agree with you with that, that um, given this was made in 1984, it does feel more like comedies from the late 60s or something, mm-hmm. but I don't know, you have to be careful what I say here Given this was obviously made in communist era Poland in the yep. 80s, you can imagine they don't have they hadn't really gone through the whole Python and, <laughs> the the sense, of and the <laughs> sense of humor phase. <laughs> Let's yeah. just say their humor's possibly not as it, it hadn't gone through all of those different stages. No. And also, you know, I, I imagine it was quite a grim place to be living. So yeah. you you didn't have to do as many. Just the fact that this had quite an irreverent feel to it would probably be enough. And yeah, it was a really popular film. So I'm gonna make some concessions for the fact it's from a culture that's probably gonna be working oh, quite definitely differently to no. ours. You know,
0: I was just trying to like put it out there that you know, it's
1: don't uh, expect uh, to okay. be. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that that's a personal thing for yeah. me. But because we're yeah, obviously we've been spoiled by yeah. um, so many films and TV series over the years that have developed mm. different form of comedy and keep doing something different in yeah. a few years.
1: Having said that, the first, I don't know, 10 minutes or so of this, the pre-credit sequence, which is uh, the two, not astronauts, they're kind of experimental subjects, aren't they, yeah. um, in modern Poland getting prepared for being frozen, I thought was really pretty funny. Mm. Like I said, there's this mad doctor who's literally Dr. Do- if he's got the artificial hand and they get some mileage out of that those kind of go- jokes were pretty good you know, I think yeah. one of the first gag in it is when this, this guy's having trouble wheeling himself around and I think this big computerised <laughs> voice and light board because all incompetent people, please clear the, <laughs> clear the air, oh that was pretty good, the two guys are interviewed on TV by this very um, straight ahead kind of journalist who doesn't seem aware that she's terrifying them by telling them, you know, you, you you're not worried yeah. that you're going into s- this deep freeze even though no animals, <laughs> you know, it's not been tested successfully on humans and yeah and all the time there's a chimp who was previously frozen hanging around. Those gags were all really well done mm. I was thinking, ah, oh, this this, is going to be um, much better than I expected. But, like it's said, yeah, the, the humour is a bit... Let, let me just say, there's a scene when they're smoking in the future and they immediately get covered in foam. That, to me, was when it kind of... The humour element, I knew it was going to be at that level for the rest of the film. Yeah. But it's, it's well worth looking at, I think.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean... Th- I don't want to say it's a curio because I think that does it a disservice really you know I mean the, obviously the the sales of the film itself speaks speaks for it I did like Jersey Stir I think he's called who like the main chap uh, Max I think he played
1: because yeah, there are the two guys and they're a bit of an odd couple aren't they because yeah, the one yeah. who's a bit more selfish um is is sort of yeah he he sees the immediate advantages of um living in a world that being the only man in a world full of women. Mm. The other guy's a bit more prissy, isn't he? And yes, yeah. nervous and doesn't really want to get involved
0: in things. So yeah there's there's that kind of dynamic. But like Jersey Stir, uh, I'm not uh, forgive my mispronunciation, but um but he was great in um Kieslowski's, uh, Three Colours White, which was like the one with uh Julie Delby I think was in it as well. But he's obviously, from that, he's got an... Well, uh, is he like
1: the Polish Tom Hanks then? Did yeah, go from uh, bawdy comedies <laughs> into this kind of more serious... Well, that's,
0: that's quite funny because, you know, the, I don't know what she... Scientists in charge of watching their progress um, is, like, incredibly attracted to him. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's quite a pretty lady herself. It's like, what do you see in him, really? because well, I think, I think the idea is I've never seen men before. No, it's, but earlier on, the pre that um credit sequence you were talking mm. about they're talking about like two handsome looking chaps oh, as well right. and it really got me thinking that is that a joke in itself or is this serious are these well, actually like the, the creme de la creme <laughs> of uh, the male populace <laughs> in Poland
1: because the one guy leaves <laughs>
0: behind his wife and um or
1: his lover at least and their th- baby mm. daughter um so yeah who's obviously quite a ladies man <laughs> just on that title sequence I love the fact it has this kind of Laser beam noise going right throughout it, like disco hits had in the late yeah. 70s, <laughs> which I thought at the time was like a deliberate piss take, but it's not really. No, <laughs> it's, no. It's, well, it's, uh, the music
0: is. Quite odd. It, well, it's a bit like On the Silver Globe as well, which was quite ill fitting. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's like the only other
1: science fiction <laughs>
0: film we've seen from <laughs> Poland. <laughs> but it's like they've uh, it sounds very sort of homemade synth sort of sound. Or even like um the liquid sky. What's it called that machine? The oh, star the fairlight. Fair light, yeah. starlight I was say. Oh, it's easy <laughs> Um but it's this really, you know, like they're trying to make rock music but in an okay. electronic way it, it, doesn't really work but I, I quite liked it though. Quite, I found it quite endearing in some respects <laughs> It's like oh bless <laughs> so
1: I'm guessing you've probably seen a lot of dystopian sci-fi films or you're, you're kind of familiar with that set did this really do anything different to those?
0: Uh, no I mean all the tropes were there really. yeah from is, the, it's from difficult from the outset I'm
1: not going to be too reluctant to talk about most of the plot here because okay. if, if you've seen any of those films Logan's run through yeah THX one one three eight. Similar things happening all the time. <laughs> ZPG. Uh, similar things are happening all the time. You've got a, a population which is kept pretty kind of dozy, aren't they? Um, they're so kind of subdu- subdued. <laughs> <laughs> subdued. Um, the culture of the past is regarded as absolutely heretical and destroyed. Yeah. There's going to be a little underground group of people who are um, rebelling against it. Um, not in a sort of overthrow the. The government way, but just in uh, indulging in these illicit practices, all of those things are present and correct. Like I say, at two hours, it does take a long time. Given you're you're kind of familiar with these things, and you know they're going to happen at some point, it takes a long time to get there. I think this really could have done with being a good half an hour shorter.
0: You just just what you talking about is just reminding me how much this films like Demolition Man or Demolition <laughs> Man's like this film. <laughs> I should say,
1: um, Demolition Man. I get. I've not seen that <laughs> since
0: it it came out. Um, but they've got like Dennis Leary leading the underground people, and you know that in the future they don't have sex by touching each other. Yeah, and that's always it a itself. usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I mean that was something I wanted to say about this, which um, it's kind of clearly there's it's a it's a comedy, but it, there's clearly parallels. What's really the agenda here is saying mm. something about living in a communist country. because yeah. to give it its credit, even though we, we do say that the humour feels very like it's from the late '60s or something. Mm. Given that title and that setup of women ruling the planet, not just ruling—they're the only. There's, there are no men at all; they've all been wiped out. It doesn't really fall back on making sexist jokes too much. There are a lot of naked breasts, but it's not like it's—it's it's not like all the jokes are, oh, in the future all the toilet seats will be down all the time, or any of this kind of <laughs> stuff. Because um, the idea is, yeah, they're 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 um, subdued. Everyone here is passionless, really. Yeah, they have no idea about sex. Everything's done with. Um,
0: Test tubes and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I forget Um, what the process is called now. In vitro, no, no, they've got another name for it, I can't remember, but it's not that important. (laughs) But yeah,
1: I think the setup here is more about living in a a suppressed kind of society, isn't it? So,
0: yeah, and uh, because I found some of it quite overt, you know, the Mm. sort of um, references to obviously living under a communist regime, Mm. which again, you know, uh, which is quite odd because if. I'm com- comparing it again to On the Silver Globe but that film got laid to rest basically because during of the. during its making yeah because this, this is it's so quite yeah, out, it's out clear in. this is having a dig at the
1: authorities mm. but, and I think the excuse from the very little research I've done is they couldn't pin anything particularly you know specific whereas yeah on the Silver Globe apparently the guy just didn't like the feel of it it yeah, clearly yeah. felt a bit subversive and so the whole thing got um, ripped to shred you know the props were all burnt yeah so. yeah um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but the two Ronnie's did a fairly celebrated serial on their sketch show in the early 80s, not long after Mrs. Thatcher got in called The Worm That Turned, which was a similar setup to this. It was a future where women had taken over. Right. But that really was playing on all the stereotypes, and I seem to remember. I think they actually defeated the evil women by. Loosing a mouse or something, and they got on chairs. <laughs> Although, again, it had all the fascist jackboot women in PVC with heel boots and everything, which kind of going on here. But, like I said, I didn't think this was particularly sexist.
0: No, no, I was surprised. I thought it would be very obvious um, to do it. I wanted to say earlier how much this reminded me actually of a lot of French comedies that I've seen from that period or a bit earlier. um Again, it must be a cultural thing, but yeah. It's that kind of what we'd say is dated humour, but yeah. it, it shared that uh, that sort of sensibility where it, I, I often thought it was going to tip over into that very yeah. obvious sort of um, stereotyping, but yeah, it just kept the right side of it somehow. Um, like you said, the downfall was that two hours seemed a hell of a long time. But we won't discuss the very ending, but did
1: that... Um, was that a satisfying finish for you?
0: Uh, yeah, I,
1: I didn't mind it, I didn't mind it. Again, having not watched this for like 24 years or whatever it was, 23 years, the thing I actually really vividly remember is the very last shot that the end credits roll over, <laughs> which we won't reveal here, and I don't think we can get away with putting it on the um, the film strip
0: either. <laughs> I can try. Man, that was quite shocking. I don't know. I've I've been looking at one of those for the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this week uh, we've neglected to uh,
1: (laughs) get our A to Z of movies through midnight video selections together. Yeah. However, we are coming towards the end of that. I don't know if anyone's breathing a sigh of (laughs) relief. But no, we've had great feedback throughout on that and yeah, we've only got a few more letters to go about six
0: letters or something Yeah, so U to Z basically yeah, We'll
1: be wrapping that up in the next few shows so yeah, basically we'll remind you through Twitter and Facebook and whatever but um, just if the, those of you who we completely understand just listen to the show and don't do any of the extra bits and pieces if you've got any entries from you onwards is yeah. it? Um, yeah, U to Z anything you want to contribute to that um, if you could get that in fairly soon and we'll be looking forward to reading those out in the next few shows yeah so I guess we've got to crazy. start thinking of something else to yeah. stimulate with feedback after that
0: we've got some ideas yeah hopefully. a few bits and pieces we've got some uh, potentials I don't know I like the idea of lists yeah choices Stomate, yeah. and lists you're actually <laughs> yeah. rubbing your chin as you yeah. say that as well <laughs> <laughs> that's not my chin <laughs> Uh buongiorno um, can I use the phone, super play? Uh, the telephono? Uh don't you speak Spanish?
1: You'll probably remember, shortly after Live Aid, that Mick Jagger was found dead in a car parked at the bottom of a harbour in Rio de Janeiro, killed by Brazilian transvestite hookers. The truth of what actually happened can be found in Mick's 1986 vanity project, Running Out of Luck, in which Jagger falls foul of South American death rituals becomes a sex slave on a banana plantation is humiliated by Julio Iglesias fans and faces a long stretch in a third world jail
0: Whoa, it's it's been a long time coming, Jim Oh, God
1: <laughs> um, One of the trickiest things about last week when we all met up down the pub was because we've, we've been round the houses to get hold of a copy of this movie uh, Phil, thank you so much for getting one off eBay My pleasure um, but yeah basically we've both seen this a few weeks back but you know uh, in the interest of the show we've not discussed it at all and I, we were both kind of <laughs> eager to talk about it last week yeah. when we were handing. it that's ex-
0: why I got so drunk
1: that's <laughs> why you were in the pits <laughs> um, but yeah we were explaining to various people why we had this It <laughs> <laughs> needed some explaining this
0: VHS copy was just sat on the with table. Mick Jagger
1: on the cover looking it's very clear he's trying to do uh, risky business isn't he he's in the black t-shirt with, he's holding some Ray-Bans and yeah the, the the font is the same kind of thing um, to just give a little bit of background because this is quite an epic thing for us already last year we reviewed Quest for Fire which had Ray Dong Chong in looking around for other stuff she'd done uh, I saw that she'd done a, a, a video for Mick Jagger's single Just Another Night which was just an extraordinary <laughs> piece of work Jagger flamboyant performer that he is just taking it to another level here But throughout that, it looked like it had cutaways to some film which I've never heard of and didn't seem to exist, and it took, this is it, this film, there's very little information on it even. Mm. It's not something that's like Julian Temple who directed it, or Jagger, given what an iconic figure he is. It seems to have vanished. It's almost like Jagger's equivalent of the Star Wars holiday special. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. but
1: yeah sadly this hasn't had a Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray release I don't think Netflix have a copy of it or anything it's So not had a d- there's a,
0: apparently there's a bootleg DVD of it as part of a, a big Jagger bootleg box big, <laughs> <laughs> big Jagger bootleg big Jagger bootleg
1: so the waiting's finally over. Phil, what did you... Did this live up to expectations? It did. It actually surpassed wow. my expectations. <laughs> <'Cause>
0: <laughs> I didn't think it would be able to... Because, like you say, we'd, we'd seen that video and there's another video oh, called She's the Boss. Yeah,
1: because all um, the tracks here are from Jagger's first solo album, She's the Boss. It's kind of stitching together all of these...
0: Yeah. Well, it's
1: kind of stitching the promos together or vice versa. Like, all the videos from that are taken from this film. That's right,
0: yeah. And, um... Wow, what a film! It is. <laughs> the thing is, like, I mean, I know we called it a vanity project in the uh, in the title, and I just went onto a number of forums and stuff over the last week, uh, particularly like Rolling Stones forums and Jagger ones. And that's uh, probably a good place to start. Yeah, just to see what people, and a lot of them had, they'd heard of it but not seen it, and uh, there was one guy who uh kept referring to like what Bowie said of that period. He said it was just like people were doing so much Coke, it was ridiculous. Um I'm just trying to forget it all. Which is fair enough. Well he's doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard to find the words to describe it. Um are you more eloquent than me? <laughs> I'll try and get things going.
1: <laughs> this yeah I just I so enjoyed this and I was kind of glad that you left your bag behind at the pub <laughs> last week because it meant I got the chance to watch it a second time <laughs> <laughs> man this is just fantastic but in a nutshell it's the fact that Jagger is playing himself mm. Jerry Hall's playing herself I don't know if Dennis Hopper's playing Dennis Hopper but he's this kind he of very well flamboyant <laughs> video director
0: he's doing um, the last movie
1: <laughs> but yeah it. Jagger playing himself, but it's the public's idea of him, and given this is kind of the same era that Paul McCartney did, uh, give my regards to Broad Street when he plays the public perception of himself but he's a real nice guy hmm. who's given, you know, McCartney in that is giving a guy who's just got out of jail another a, a second chance and turns out he rips off his master tapes for his album, that's another story we won't be covering, give no, my regards no, no, to Broad no, no. Jagger in this playing himself is vain Um, selfish, very short-tempered just a complete pain in the ass. his relationship with Jerry Hall from the beginning is just, they're both bitching with each other, (laughs) although Jagger seems to be less provoked she just Mm. seems genuinely bored that he's surrounded by these topless beauties on this yacht um, Jago doesn't want to film a video. Just, there's no, I don't. Isn't there, it's a vanity project. It's mm. weird that he's set himself up as such an unpleasant character, who kind of deserves what he gets throughout this. Well,
0: that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, he, he d- just
1: goes through like Dante's Inferno. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because I did think until that point, which you mentioned, when um, he's basically done over by these uh, transvestite hookers. Yeah, he watch out! She's
1: a gazer. <laughs>
0: He's loaded into a meat truck, driven out to the middle of nowhere and left. And so the story begins. <laughs> yeah, that's not the Phantom Menace. But, just, yes. but that, yeah. that, up until he's in the meat truck, he is, he is just literally like um, the, the Jagger on Stellar Street, I thought. Very much
1: so. And this is just an amazing thing with it, because you're not sure... It's kind of like watching Jason Statham now. (laughs) You can be pretty sure he's in on the joke, but there's a tantalising prospect that he isn't and that he thinks he's doing something genuinely wonderful here. (laughs) Because throughout it, Jagger is, like you perceive him, is this very flamboyant performer. And yeah, even after that beginning, uh, when he's on the yacht with the women and he's, he's bitching with Jerry Hall, the fact that then the first song in it is him filming is meant to be filming a video on a sound stage The fact that the video is called "Half a Loaf," <laughs> <laughs> and it begins even after that setup, it begins with Jagger walking on sets in a leopard skin fur coat with two baguettes under his <laughs> arm. <laughs> 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 well, Dennis Hopper's on like a cherry picker zooming in. Yeah. Just
0: amazing. Yeah, it's, it's something else, is it? And the fact that they're doing like a West Side Story themed video for it as well on a, Bra- a sound stage in Brazil for no reason. For no reason at yeah. all. Oh, that, yeah, and that, uh, yeah, that's just that's just one of the many riches that uh, the film has to offer as well. Because it, you have it's punctuated by his songs throughout, but the the videos for the songs are great as well. I mean, and I actually, I'm no fan of like Jagger's solo stuff to be honest. But I, I was quite, I foot. was toe tapping to a number of these. I, she's the bosses. Like, I really genuinely love that video.
1: <laughs> she's the boss. I actually find. I find myself singing that in the bath sometimes. <laughs> um, was it Lucky in Love, the one when he's going around a casino looking cadaverous oh, yeah. with his hair
0: all kind of slicked back? He's got a little ponytail. Oh um, yeah. my God. No, that's quite a fun one.
1: But yeah, um, the great thing is, even though this is a very difficult to find film, you can see most of the promos on uh, YouTube. And indeed, there's something we'll definitely post up, <laughs> which is a piece from Brazilian TV on the whole film. So it's all in Portuguese, I'm guessing. Mm. But but you get the clips, and it's kind of like uh, an old-fashioned show sketch or something. We've just got <laughs> this weird—the voiceovers from the presenters and these bizarre images going along butros, with it. He has yes. <laughs> bananas. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, wonderful. But there's some. I mean, this is it. We don't know if Jagger's in on the joke here but it's hilarious mm. um, I, I'm guessing you're a fan of Julian Temple aren't you yeah yeah I really like his um, I know his background was more doing things with the sex pistols he'd be the promo director by this point but you can kind of imagine throughout this I was thinking it's kind of useful it's in Rio I was thinking of those old Bing Crosby and Bob Hope films, <laughs> Road, to, Road to Wherever Road yeah. to Bali it almost, I could imagine there might be a dynamic there, like Julian Temple would be Bing Crosby saying to Jagger, "Yeah, go on, do this. On, this on. It'll be great," and sh- just bamboozling him into doing stuff. So <laughs> the kids will love it. You'll be like, "Get in the back of this cold, uh, cold storage meat truck. Dance with this black midget on yeah. a banana plant. <laughs> I'll put this huge snail on your sandals. You know, it'll be great." Because there is um, d- to absolutely give it. It's dues, Given the purpose of this is to promote the songs and make little promos for them it does a good job of just having quite a vague plot, that there's enough interest that you do want to know where it goes to next but it's not too complex that you know No,
0: no. Um, I mean, it, it, everything's tied together yeah, you know. it it's d- just Jagger d- going, threat. getting worse and
1: worse, walking through the desert um, yeah, <laughs>
0: hallucinating hallucinating, but he's really hungry he's not thirsty, is it? that's what I found really odd, he like, tears into different.
1: that chicken like nobody's
0: <laughs> business man, this, yeah um and we've not even talked about Ray Dawn Chong yet no, let's go um, yeah well I think I'm trying to think, most people will probably know her from Commando I'd say yeah, yeah um, the uh, daughter of Tommy, Tommy Chong, Chong yeah. of Cheech and Chong fame right. and yeah she just looks stunning in this but she does have one <laughs> she, I don't know if she got danger money she for this she suffered for this, I know what yeah. you're going to talk about Is the this sex um, scene
1: yeah it it just brings to mind because I know Mick, Mick Jagger and Jerry Hall are divorced now but they must have had something pretty rock solid or <laughs> totally fizzled out for her to agree to this it might have been cause crack rock
0: solid <laughs> it's,
1: um, for her to agree to this because Jerry Hall she has her own subplot here when she mm. goes off with um, actor James Villiers who briefly he, he was kind of an ersatz in for mm. your eyes only and didn't get to carry on but yeah he's kind of they describe him as a senator I think he's meant to be a British politician in it yeah but she has a weird either subplot or it's mixed dream sequence, where she becomes some kind of Miss 45 <laughs> character. Yes or something. yeah. Um, but yeah, Ray Dawn Chong is a prostitute who um, gets Mick out of the banana plantation, but just seems to fall hopelessly in love with him.: Hopelessly. Does anything for him, and I don't think she even knows he's Mick Jagger rock star. It's not like she's doing it for the money, it's like she just immediately thinks this guy, this guy in his vest and long johns.
0: (laughs) He's long (laughs) Johns.
1: I've got to ask you that are they long johns, or is this just some kind of 80's fashion? These
0: are what I wear to work when it's really cold. They are long Johns with espadrilles, (laughs) not with espadrilles, though, black and white espadrilles. (laughs) Yeah, give us your bag.
1: (sighs) <sighs> um but yeah, going back we're all over the place now. Um yeah. like the film. there's there's a fairly um galling sex scene <laughs> between Jagger and Ray Dawn Chong, which is pretty, you know, yeah. It's intimate. It's intimate. The funny thing is the song playing over this is hard woman. Um <laughs> Which, interestingly, of all the songs off that first Jagger album, and I'm no fan, but I just remember this mm-hmm. as the age I am, that had like, this very expensive computer-generated video, so that wasn't really going to fit into this, uh, this peculiar little oddity. <laughs> so yeah, instead you've just got Jagger all with o- his hands wandering all over this. And
0: his mouth and tongue there's extreme close-ups of him like really tonguing her because oh, I think okay. she says just before oh I love your lips and I mean, she's got a nice pair herself but like you've got to say that to the Jagger haven't yeah. you <laughs> the Jagger off <laughs> um good and you see his skinny white ass as well I mean, th- th- an this awful is, lot this is the low point for me but if that's well, the low point just imagine what the rest of the film's like <laughs>
1: um how much did you enjoy the scene when he has to convince the owners of the shop that he's really Mick
0: Jagger that is, that's definitely going on the uh, website a clip, <laughs> well or, or on Facebook or something yeah, because that is on YouTube, it's on YouTube. Oh
1: man, it, I, I think we're just going to have to post everything up from it <laughs> <laughs> if you get the chance to see this at all then you have by to. hook or by crook you know, like, so much, all that stuff on the banana plant there's, to- there's times you think this could have been Werner Herzog that like, too <laughs>
0: Well, he, there is the link, isn't there? He was Fitzgerald, or He was oh in Fitzcarraldo yeah. for a bit.
1: Yeah. Oh man, he's terrible in that. Because that's <laughs> that's something we've not talked about. This is a season of British rock stars, you know. He's acting in this, playing himself. Yeah. Dreadful.
0: I didn't mind it. I didn't well, it's mind. hilarious. Yeah. But I'm not
1: sure if he's in on the joke or not. Like I say.
0: I genuinely. No more. Im- no more. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely believe that he is absolutely sending himself up throughout this, and he's aware of it. I don't, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Mm. I don't think he's an idiot as by any stretch of the imagination. I, don't
1: know, I was looking at some clips of him being interviewed last night. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm not sure how self-aware he is because, <laughs> on the one hand, you could say that he's t- 20 years into his career, he must be used to it. You know, he's probably been round the block and understands people. Too. But on the other hand, you could say he's been there 20 years. <laughs> he has no experience of anything <laughs> outside of you know yeah. that that world where you're surrounded by Yes Men you know I mean there's just oddities in it like his assistant he loves assistant getting up in
0: drag as well doesn't he yeah like two or three times in this film he's in drag. he's all over the <laughs> shop yeah <it's>, um, <laughs> gosh
1: um, just a quick thing to say um, the seem, like I say the the plot was kind of just, it's a setup, but mm. there seemed to be a point suggesting that someone else was taken over his identity you know yeah. when, the, when the car's pulled out of the harbour because it's got this um the, the dead hooker in it actually has Jagger's coat and passport, people assume it's Jagger there's a suggestion that someone's taken over his identity but they don't seem to go anywhere with that
0: No, uh, easier to brush it under the yeah but it just seems odd to have put <laughs> that in and
1: not go anywhere with it and then there's the very last scene with um, Jim Broadbent yeah, which looked the that was a little bit muddled again it seemed to suggest there's something that had maybe been left on the cutting room floor
0: Yeah, perhaps
1: it seemed to be referring to something that we hadn't seen, you know. So, um, yeah, peculiar ending, but yeah, so enjoyable. I'm I'm so glad we've seen this. I (laughs) I think um, the other two entries that we have to come from British rock stars are going to have some their work cut out for them.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, This is on a on its own pedestal. Okay, I'm not Mick Jagger. I'm broke. So that wraps it up for this show. Show twenty-eight in
1: the can. Just before we go, I'm sure people will know this anyway, but Mondo Movies back, back, back. Yay! At last, that's brilliant. Yeah, they didn't review the Tom Selleck films I had
0: suggested for them, but you know, maybe in times to come.
1: But yeah, good to have you back, uh, Ben and Dan.
0: Yeah, welcome back. Show us how to do it once more. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She. Well, you've already you you've led the way. You're you're the. I think I, I made a scum reference to them about being the daddies of podcast wing. Um, Podcast, what wing? You wing. know, like right in like. <laughs> <laughs> like in a prison or a bore, you have a wing. <laughs> so weird. So I'm not looking forward to the greenhouse.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's it. So, um, like we say, we've got a few more A to Z entries to go. So um, it'd be great to hear from any of you. Please do. Uh, if you can get in touch with us through either Facebook, just give us a little search. Uh, website, if
0: you wanted to just check stuff out, it's Midnight Dash dot our Hotmail account is yes. midnightvideo at hotmail.co.uk. Like the magical world of Twitter. Twitter at Um And that's pretty much it. There aren't, there aren't any other avenues to explore just yet. They've all been closed
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> all avenues closed to cul de sacs. Uh, yeah, you're going to get drunk again now?
0: No, I'm going to go home so. and uh, behave, watch some <laughs> films. Actually, I've got because I'm I'm DJing next week. And, um, uh, um, a new club night that's starting in London, in near Kings Cross. Playing some of my uh, '80s stuff. Yeah, how's so your? Uh, uh, it's good. Sport? Yeah, it's doing well. Um, yeah, things are happening with it in a weird kind of small way, but yeah, no, it's keeping me. I've busy. I've been enjoying it.
1: I've good. been listening to some while I've been indexing photographs <laughs> at home.
0: <laughs> good. Yeah. I did some jolly things. That's some little surprises in there.
1: Ah, okay then. Well, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks' time. Cheery, bye. Sleep tight.
0: novels, you know, nothing really heavy, you know, but a good heavy book to go to bed at night is good, you know, someone some from the classics or something, will go to bed straight away after sleep.